0: You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed being in this show since 2005. Your host is Marty Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit kciorg slash privacypiracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning?
1: Well, Lloyd, today our show is how to protect your company and yourself in dealing with cybersecurity. It's a huge issue. And we are welcoming back Dave Watts, who is president and chief information officer of NetFusion. That's NetFusion.com. Dave and his team design, implement, and manage stable scalable, and secure IT networks for professional services firms and small to medium-sized businesses throughout California. He's recognized by the Los Angeles Business Journal as a finalist for CIO of the Year for the past four years. Dave uses a proprietary approach to network architecture designed to bolster an organization's productivity and network accessibility while increasing data privacy and security. So, Dave, thanks so much for joining us again.
0: Sure, it's nice to be back.
1: Well, great. So, you know, I I, I think people get kind of overwhelmed when they think about cybersecurity. So first, let's kind of explain What does cybersecurity really entail?
0: So cybersecurity is, uh, in a broad sense, the protection of uh, basically keeping your data that you have, you or or your company, that you have uh, private and secure and out of the hands of bad guys.
1: Yeah. So um, how about small to medium-sized firms? Do they need to worry about cybersecurity?
0: Um, they actually do, and, and, um, and please don't shoot the messenger, but actually uh, smaller companies often assume that they're not big enough, you know, a target for hackers. But um, Verizon in 2015, they, they put out a data breach investigations report every year. Right. And in a recent one, they came out saying that organizations with um, 11 to 100 employees, so that's a pretty small business, Um, are attacked 15 times more often than those that are less than 11 or more than 100.
1: And do you think that's because they don't have, you know, the resources to have in-house people protecting them, or they don't even use outside firms like yours to protect them? They just think that they're insulated?
0: I think it's – that's really two questions, and I think the answer to both of those are yes. I think that they don't – Either uh, they don't, either don't have the resources, whether it be um, you know, um, you know, uh, professional level chief information officer um, or professional level IT that has a specialty in security. Um, but they also don't um, always dedicate the resources to it. They sometimes just don't, aren't aware that they are a target, and therefore they don't um, maybe take it as seriously as they should.
1: Right, right. We'll talk more a little bit about that and what people can do, but. What about um, at 2017? We're we're now, you know, in February of 2017. Are things better or are they worse in terms of compared to last year with cybersecurity? Again, <laughs> I are you don't the bearer of the bad news or what? I, apparently, I am.
0: I'm the, <laughs> the Debbie Downer of the interview. <laughs> um, so, yeah. The uh, things according to uh, you probably have heard of John McAfee, who started McAfee Internet Security and Mac, um, the antivirus company. Um, he says that hackers are going to go further in 2017 to prove that any company or country can be hacked. But it's also the same thing that can happen to a company uh, to any size company or company could also happen to a small business. And um, you know the, the days where you could just throw some antivirus or anti malware software on your computer and you were good to go, unfortunately, that's just not enough anymore. And um, if you look at things like, uh, you know, Ashley Madison um, was a multibillion-dollar company. They went bankrupt last year um, out of as a direct result of a hack and then the information they released. And then, of course, regardless of your political affiliation, the DNC mm-hmm. was hacked this, uh, last year. And I think that those are... Um, more public examples, but it happens on a very small scale basis all the time, and so I, um, it's getting easier and easier and more specialized for cyber criminals to be able to penetrate your system. So we have to be we have to be vi- vi- uh, vigilant about it and take it more seriously in 2017 than 2016.
1: Right. So let's let's explain to my audience a little bit, like what is malware, and then we'll talk about what is ransomware. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, malware is any um, program that gets installed on your computer that is up to no good, all right? So it is uh, in the olden days or the uh, uh, prior to now, you would probably know if you'd received malware because you might have seen something pop up on your screen or a bunch of browser windows open, etc. Um, that was more of an annoyance it was necessarily pure, uh, really intended to be crime, now you're less likely to know that you have malware, and the malware gets installed, um, as you probably know, or your listeners probably know, um, often through clicking on links in email or visiting websites that have maybe ads next to them that you click on that haven't been vetted properly. And it's going to silently install something on in your computer that is intended to either steal your username and password or contact information and or put software that allows a cyber criminal to see what you're doing so that they can track what you're doing and then use that information later, either to look something else up and steal something from you or actually to just directly take information from your computer.
1: Let me ask you something, Dave. I've had a bunch of friends on Facebook who have said they've been hacked and I've gotten like invitations um, to have them my friend and I've ignored it because they already were my friends. So mm-hmm. um, that sounds like it's some kind of a malware or hacking as well on Facebook. Do you um, know about it, that?
0: It, it I've heard of that. It could have been actually in Facebook, but I think sometimes it can also be ones that are designed to look like um, invitations from Facebook. So, like, uh, did you receive those in your email, or was, did you receive it straight in within the Facebook app? Um,
1: I think it was. Now I'm I'm wondering. I I can't remember which one because I just ignore those things because I always worry about that. So right. I can't remember, but I know that um, I think it might have been email. It might have been email. I, I
0: received them through email too, and they look. You can get so many things through email that look completely legitimate. It could be from Facebook. It could be from I'm going to call them big companies or organizations that we would uh, we don't even question because they're so big. We assume that it's correct. It could be PayPal, Amazon, Facebook, um, etc., or, or different bank names. And you look at those; it seems like it's a legitimate email. It. Usually has something in there that tells you you need to take some action. In the Facebook one, it might be confirm the friend. On, on other things, it could be you know uh, we've uh, your account seen some compromise. Please click here to re-enter your credentials. You know, and all that's designed to take to either capture the information immediately or to take you to a page that that also looks real to then capture your information and install software on your computer.
1: So. You you were saying a few minutes ago that in the olden days you would kind of know if you had a virus, um, and you say now with this malware you wouldn't know. So, is it it's not being picked up by McAfee and it's not being picked up by by Norton or or what? I mean, how will we know?
0: It depends on how new the malware is, and and um, you know you might have a particular. Um, Imagine your antivirus is kind of like a bouncer at a club. They've got a list and they say yes right. you're you're good, come on in, no, you've got to stay out, okay um, problem is with a lot of uh, malware or antivirus anti malware systems, um, they don't know what to do if you're an unknown. Oh you're not on the list, but you're not you're not on my yes list, but you're not on my no list. Right. So come on in. Um, so you want to try to find some anti malware software that can actually handle those maybes, and maybe track it once it's on your system so that then later, if it becomes known that it's a bad thing, it can reverse changes to your computer and or um, anti um, some newer anti-malware systems can actually look for behavior ab- abnormalities versus a, a signature of something that it already knows about.
1: Right. So um, are you saying that we should, in terms of which... You know, I know you may not want to say which softwares are the best, you know, whether it's uh, Norton or McAfee or I think, you know, some of these other ones. Um, is there a website that we can go to that compares those different anti-malware and antivirus? That
0: Yes, yeah, so I don't know of a specific uh, site. Um, that's going to have, I, I didn't look that up before the call as far as it's going to have a great comparison, no, but, you uh, yeah. can, <laughs> yeah. but you can Google, um, you know, uh, compare anti-malware systems, okay. and then I would also, in the Google search, I would also put in zero-day exploits, E S T L O I T S, and that that zero-day exploit is what I was talking about on the maybe, like, I don't know if you're good, I don't know if you're bad, I haven't heard of you before, right? Um and then it will talk about how the different systems do um, compare um, on that. Be sure and make sure when you read the comparison, whether you're reading about the consumer version or the, you know, the business version. Right, um, right. But they will compare those. And, in fact, that might be something we might even want to do a future call on or something, because I think I get asked that question a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I think it, who nowadays there's such a um, a, a blending of – whether you're working at home, you know from your, you know from your intranet, or whether you're working at the office, it's kind of like oh my gosh, it it could affect your home computer, so it's, there's that blending of business and, and consumer, right?
0: Right, correct. Um, and then for, I mean, for businesses, there's because it, they're going to probably have a little bit uh, a larger budget. There definitely are some better systems out there. And I definitely recommend for a small, even a small business, you have a multi-tiered approach. You're going to want to have um, some sort of uh, professional-grade firewall with what we call intrusion detection at right. the perimeter, which is means it's just scanning every piece of traffic coming in and out and saying, hey, are you okay? Hey, are you okay? Um, and then you're going to want to have the kind of advanced anti-malware we were just discussing right. on, your, on every server, every workstation. And then we've started adding... Some additional protection that, um, you know, it's one, all, uh, uh, all the prior systems were always based on keep something out, but it, what if something gets in? Then what do you do? Right. So we, for our clients, we started adding additional software that then traps it if it does get in so it can't talk to the outside world and controls mm-hmm. all outbound traffic. And most modern malware or ransomware has to, like, phone home, I'm doing air quotes here, phone home, yeah. um, to uh, communicate before it can transmit information out. So that basically renders it ineffective.
1: Mm. Oh my gosh, I don't know how anybody can keep up with all this. You know, it's, it's, this is why we have so many security breaches, right?
0: <laughs> right. Well, they need, to, they need to read a lot and they need to listen to your program.
1: Yeah. Right, right. Let's talk a little bit about ransomware to explain what that is for my audience.
0: Okay, so ransomware is a very specific type of malware. And what it does is, if you get, and this one you will know that, you've, uh, that you have it, um, at least after a few minutes. And so it's usually, you usually obtain it by clicking on a, you know, a, a link in an email that you shouldn't click on, or maybe you see an ad on a Facebook or another site um, that you click on that hasn't been vetted properly. It's gonna install something on your computer it's going to start encrypting your files in the background, okay? Mm-hmm. And then it's, once it gets to kind of a, a far enough point, it's going to tell you that your files are encrypted, but it's going to happen in the background first. It will also reach out and encrypt any file that your computer can see that it has access to. So if you're on, in a business setting and you're on your uh, workstation at work, it would start encrypting your computer, and then it would start encrypting all the servers, um, And then what it does is then it pops up instructions with, we're holding your data for ransom, Mm. just like like thinking that your data has been kidnapped. (laughs) And and in order to pay that ransom, we're going to provide you very specific instructions on how to pay this ransom. Uh. And then we will provide you a key to unlock this um, and give you your data back. Now, there's a couple of problems with this. One, there's no guarantee that they're going to provide you with the key. Right, right. You, you are dealing with criminals. Right. And then, two, they have already had access to your data. Right. So, and then actually, there's a third thing too, and that is, even if they unlock that, that doesn't mean the malware has been removed. That would allow them to do it again. So, you at that right. point, you're going to want to wipe all your machines, which is, can be very expensive and time consuming.
1: What about if you have backup? Now, um, could you just say the heck with you, and then you have backup? Or has that ransomware infiltrated into the backup?
0: Depends on, it's a great question, depends on the type of backup you have. So if your backup is all backed up, uh, you know, I always recommend you backup locally and to the cloud. Right. Um, depends on the system you use to run backups. If you've got backups that are already encrypted, okay, locally, then there's going to be a lower probability they can encrypt those, okay? okay. Although it's still possible. Um, and if you've got things that are going out, sending those off-site on some interval and it's a one-way transfer um, only where it can't be read right. through that, through that uh, medium that's transferring by, then those off-site backups should be fine. But if you've just got a, a USB drive and you're just copying things off periodically, that's fair game. If it's connected, it could be easily encrypted. By the software.
1: Okay, so something like, like I have a carbonite, which mm-hmm. is off site. So, so let's say somebody did ransomware on me, but I've got carbonite where that I'm backing up all the time. Plus, I have backups in the office. Um, so under those, like something like carbonite would be okay? Yeah, that
0: would probably be fine because it's going to be sent, because through the carbonite software, you can't go and just browse the files that it's sent off-site. You Mm. have to go into a browser, I believe, with Carbonite separately to look at those. And as a result of that, that should be fine.
1: So that would be a really important thing for companies to be able to have off-site, like you said, on-site as well as off-site in the cloud um, where they're protected. Plus, I have everything encrypted, but, but that would make a lot of sense. Then if these people say, hey you know, pay us, and you go, well, go to hell. <laughs> right. So then you, then you, can you really wipe your computer clean? That's the other thing. Where, yeah, you, have you would to, have
0: to reformat it.
1: You have to reformat the whole thing, huh?
0: Yeah, reformat it or restore it from a lot of laptops, uh, some desktops, but uh, definitely a lot of laptops come with like a very small partition on there that you can do to do a, basically a, a full restore, which reformats the drive and restores it to the way it was when you bought it. And then from that point, you'd have to reinstall any software, Mm. repatch it, and then restore all the files. So obviously, um, that's a major pain in the butt and very time-consuming. So it affects your productivity, especially if it's a work computer. So you want to make the best way to do it is to put in the best preventions, if you can, um, and and also have those backups, by the way. Mm. And um, while we're on the subject of backups, I want to remind people, a backup is probably more important than your source data because it's the only thing that stands between you and, you know, and for a small business, maybe going out of business. But right. it's the only thing that stands between you and having nothing. So you should test those backups, um, test the on-site ones at least once a month. And I would test the off-site ones, if you can, monthly, great, but at least once a quarter. Mm. And by testing them, I mean, you actually try to test restore some files randomly from different directories, et cetera.
1: Mm. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, because you you may think it's doing fine, but it's not.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, I use a corny analogy. You check the parachute before you jump out of the plane.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Oh, my goodness. Now, um, so who are these bad guys? Are they in this country? Are they in Russia, you know, sitting at their kitchen table? What's going on?
0: Well, they can be anywhere, unfortunately. Um, a lot of it does come from other countries, whether a lot of former Soviet Union countries have a lot of cyber criminals, um, and that's that's not guessing those come from specific IP addresses is how the uh, government can tell that. Um, so a lot of them are out of the country where perhaps their law enforcement isn't as strict as ours as far as, like, trying to, uh, you know, prevent that. Um, but uh, regardless of where they are, um, it's, it's impossible to know and to, and to fully protect yourself based on any kind of location. So I just, I just tell people, just assume that it's anyone outside of your office or outside of your home that could attack you, and then therefore you just need to protect yourself adequately you know, and thoroughly wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Mm. And one thing I do want to mention, it's professional crime now, and they've actually got specialization. So there are cyber criminals who will... Install. Uh, They will create the things that get the malware installed, okay, on your computers. They may not be the ones that want your data. They may be selling those vulnerabilities vulnerabilities on your computers to someone else that wants the data, or they may be capturing data and then wholesaling it to someone else who's going to do something with it.
1: Aren't there websites of these hackers too that they do these little trades and work together? (laughs) There.
0: Yeah, there's a thing called the dark net, which is right. basically a, a part of the Internet that you and I can't easily get to and you know, most people would not be able to get to. And they literally do business trades on there. You um, usually have to be invited in, so therefore that's why you and I couldn't get on there. Um, but you, they, do, they trade business. They trade credit cards. They advertise. I've got X number of credit cards from the Target breach to sell or the whatever breach. Um, it's big business. And mm-hmm. they also have dashboards. Just like an IT firm would have dashboards of all the computers that it's uh, companies it supports, they have dashboards of all the computers that they've got their little um, claws into, their vulnerabilities that they've got exposed. So they know what they can do.
1: Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it is. So, in terms of, um, I guess, the scariest one right now, the biggest threat would be that ransomware, right? Because they could put you out of business.
0: It could definitely put you out of business. I think it's. Um, I think the other ones are also very, very important. They're just probably a little bit more uh, less obvious. But the, let's just the ransomware alone is enough w- to worry about. The FBI says it's going to be. They estimated that last year one billion dollars mm-hmm. uh, was paid out by uh, businesses in ransomware payments. So to get their data unencrypted. Now that's just for the ones that reported it, and we know that. M- Probably a lot of businesses would not report it to the FBI right. um, for fear of bad publicity or something else um, or inconvenience. So that's, it pro- I'm sure it's well in excess of that. $1 billion just made in those payments. So it's, they, they say, the FBI says that 4,000 firms per day, 4,000 companies ah. per day are hit with ransomware.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: And the reason it's so popular is because it's so easy for them to get the money.
1: Wow. So um, with this ransomware, I mean, isn't that part of a security breach? So like, for example, our California security breach legislation, that would apply. So you pretty much have to tell the um, your customers if their data was stolen or acquired by a non-authorized third party. And it expi- is your legal
0: responsibility, yeah, yeah in, in the state yeah. of California
1: yeah. yeah and
0: if it affects more than oh I forgot I think it's if it affects more than x number of them, you also have to report it to the state attorney general's office.
1: right, right.
0: I can't remember the exact number, but yeah. I know that there is a number for that.
1: yeah, no, they do have to do that, so yeah, so it is um it, it your reputation. It's not just the money, but it's your reputation, and and it could definitely put you out of business.
0: I think moving forward, uh, for for me, I think when I advise my clients, I think the reputation. I think you touched on it is uh, probably the biggest cost uh, of a particular breach. I mean, all the other stuff is very inconvenient and can be very, very expensive and can cost you, you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars, but that's your reputation because I think moving forward, I, I hope people are going to develop a culture of wanting to know you want to do business with companies that you know take cybersecurity seriously because your data is going to be with them and trusted by them. Right. Or with them. Excuse me, with them.
1: Exactly. So um, let's talk about the recommendations for 2017 so that we've been talking about all the scary stuff. Let's tell some, you know, the five top cybersecurity recommendations that you can give them that they can do to protect themselves.
0: Okay. So number one, Regardless of the size of your business, the uh, size of your company, you need to recognize who's responsible for security at your firm. It's not the IT person, so that's my first hint. It needs to be, you need to designate someone at the owner level, or if it's a larger firm, the C-suite level, like a CEO, CFO, etc., but even just the owner of a small business. That person needs to be designated, I'm going to call it the information security manager. All that means is the fancy way of saying it's the person who's going to set the security culture and be, take responsibility for, you know, ensuring that you're going to defend that firm against breaches. So it doesn't mean they have to do all the work themselves, but they have to take on the responsibility for it.
1: Okay. Dave, we got to kind of hurry. We've got about sure. three minutes. So let's get oh, through wow. all five all of right. them. Yeah. All
0: right. Okay, I'll, I won't elaborate much. So uh, <laughs> security is the new normal, and you, it should be a line item in your annual budget just like anything else in your business, okay?
1: Okay.
0: Number three, think about how you manage your IT department. What standards are you managing your IT department to? There are published standards out there. I recommend the Center for Internet Security's top 20 controls for effective cyber defense. That's also what the state of California recommends. Um, and then let's see here, number four. Have okay, so, so in- I
1: just want to repeat this again. So they can go right on the Internet to the Center for Internet Security and look at their top 10, uh, 20 controls and then download those and work with their staff to, to implement those, right?
0: Correct. Okay. Yes, and if you do the top, if you just do the first five, you, it's estimated that you'll reduce your security risk by 85%, eighty-five um, uh, percent, which is fantastic. If you do really? all 20, it's expected to be like 94%.
1: Great, okay.
0: So it's kind of that 80-20 rule that we apply to a lot of things in right. uh, life. Um, another thing, have a written incident response plan. What What you do if you have an incident... Again, it's that check the parachute before you jump out. Let's know exactly what needs to happen, and IT should not be deciding that. You might want to consult with an attorney on that, or information security firm, or an IT firm that does specialize in security. But there's multiple parties that get involved in a, in a true um, security incident.
1: Right, because you have notification requirements legally. So you're right. You have to have a team. You're, even your marketing team should be involved so that they know how to say what happened. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like uh, it takes a village. Right.
1: Um,
0: and then the last thing is, and uh, we already talked a little bit about this, Please test your backups. They need to be audited and tested at least monthly, and we talked about that earlier. Test test your uh, restore restorations of your on-site backups at least monthly and the off-site ones at least quarterly, okay? It's the only thing that's going to stand between you and losing all of your data and all the work that went into um, creating that data. Yeah. Or, or getting those customers
1: also. Exactly. And Dave, I know you said you were going to offer a little a free 30-minute uh, assessment. You want to tell real quickly about that?
0: Sure. If someone wants to contact us, they can either email us at info at netfusion.com or go to our website. There's a button on there, too. I'm happy to provide a free 30-minute assessment for any business to talk about their security.
1: Well, that's wonderful. Okay, can you leave us with anything positive now because you got us all scared? <laughs>
0: Uh, well, you know what? Uh, the worst thing, I think the positive thing is uh, you have a, even though we went over it quickly, you have a plan for at least five things you can work on and um, that uh, if you can download that Center for Internet Security's top 20 controls, just focus on the first five and you'll be 85% more secure than you were before you downloaded that and started that. And they're very achievable.
1: Okay. And I know you even have a blog on your website at netfusion.com. Uh, dot com, so, Correct. you might want to look at that and see what uh, what they're telling us. And you're doing a great job. So, we will keep in touch and we'll have you back again, Dave. Thanks so much. Right. Just give your website real quick and we're going to go.
0: It's netfusion.com. And I appreciate the time, Mari.
1: Okay. Take care, Dave. Bye-bye. Bye bye. You've been, you've been listening to KUCI 88.9 at the Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. right here on KUCI and visit our website at privacypiracy.org.
0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.